1: Katie Riach, Mentor to Mothers Who Are Changing the World, and I'm here with Leslie Householder. But before we get started, I just want to thank you so much for being here. This is incredible. We're super grateful that you have taken time out of your life to join us, and Leslie has some incredible stuff to share with us today. She has been a mentor of mine, and I have so appreciated the things that she has shared with me in my life. Okay, so I am going to just introduce Leslie really fast and then I'm gonna be asking her some questions, but first I'm gonna have her tell us her story in Just a minute. So I met Leslie 10 years ago when my husband and I were kind of struggling I had just had my first baby and I Was feeling super blah I had set aside my whole life for the next 30 years because I was gonna focus on kids and I just kind of disappeared and I was kind of struggling and um, then I, my mom recommended that I read a book and it happened to be the book that Leslie wrote. And it, it started me on a path that was huge and completely changed the way the direction that our life went. Within a year of reading her book, actually from within a year of taking her course, we had tripled our income, which was our goal. And we have just continued to learn and grow and progress since then. So, I am so, so grateful for Leslie for joining us, and she is going to just tell us a little bit about herself.
0: Thanks, Katie. It's good to be here. It's funny because every time I'm asked to tell the story, I feel like, oh, doesn't everybody everybody already know the story? But I think back to when I was like you, a newly married couple and starting our family and everything, and really all I wanted was to be a stay-at-home mom. That's really the one Great ambition that I had and (laughs) it, (laughs) because I'd been told that there are no greater joys than in motherhood and, and whatnot. But I remember feeling really frustrated because we thought that if we would just jump in and go on faith that things would work out because we believed this is what God wanted for us too. And, and we were joint, jointly focused on that objective. But when we got married, we couldn't afford hardly to be on two incomes. At the time we were going to school, uh, we were working multiple jobs. And when the first baby came, I thought, okay, we're going to work. We're going to operate on faith and I'm going to quit. And I'm just going to be the stay at home mom. And somehow it'll all work out. Within a year, we were in over our heads in debt. Uh, my husband lost his job and I was forced back to work. And I remember dropping them off at daycare in the early morning before the sun was up and then picking them up at night again after the sun went down. And it was really discouraging, depressing. And uh, we struggled with finances for the next seven years to the point where it got me in such such angst and such stress and such frustration and depression and everything that I remember calling the police on a kid who broke my broom. I went outside one day and my broom was broken and that was like the last straw. And I called the cops. I And I don't know if you've had a neighbor like that before. <laughs> um, they're going through something. But um, yeah. I was desperate. And we had some friends who saw that the way we were responding to our challenges, the medical bills, the car accidents, the cars that wouldn't start, the um, environment we were in, everything had some effect from how we were responding to those challenges. And so they invited us to start coming to some events, seminars that were teaching about positive thinking and business building and personal development and this kind of thing. And we got addicted because every time we attended one of these events, we'd get a little nugget that would give us hope that, oh, if we just change this one little thing about the way we think, then everything's going to be better. And it kept us going to the next one because we'd, come home hopeful and two weeks later we'd be depressed again. And um, but the next one, maybe the next one would be it. And so we did this consistently for a long seven years. And I remember feeling like I know there is something to this positive thinking thing, but why is it working for everyone else and not us? Why are things getting worse instead of better deep down? I knew that if we just could think right that somehow things would work out because that's the only, that's the only thing that has to be different about what is going on with us and what's going on with these other people who are applying the same principles with better results. Mm -hmm. And so, um, along comes another seminar and this one was out of state and it was going to cost us several hundred dollars to do it. And again, we were already spending grocery money and debt and sacrificing making, I, I sold my wedding dress. I mean, I, I was doing I sold my my flute things that were really important to me just so that we could keep getting the education that I knew we needed. And so this new one comes along and we're like I know we need to be there. I know we're supposed to be there, but I can't keep doing this. I can't keep riding this wave of up and down hope and despair. And so I told my husband, "Alright, fine. I will go to this one last seminar and if something Significant doesn't change with this one. I'm done. I can't keep doing this. So we attended, and the speaker there, it was interesting because most of the time, these speakers at these conferences or events are really hypey. You know, they're hey, you know, and they're big and they're loud and they're enthusiastic and they're motivating. And motivation, I found out, doesn't last. Uh-oh. Just like breakfast, <laughs> <It doesn't last. laughs> um, the shower doesn't last. And that's why, you know, people would ask us, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep going to these things? I'm like, well, it needs to, I, I, I'm starving for understanding and answers. But at this event, he wasn't hypey. Instead, he's like, you know what? Let me just explain something. Life operates based on laws, like gravity. They're always in effect, they are always present and we are constantly affected by them but we don't know it but if we can understand the laws by which life operates by which success is governed by which goals are achieved and we just live by those laws then the results are predictable and you can you can achieve anything you want and he got our attention and he explained a diagram i know we have very short time and so if it's okay with you katie i'm going to point people to some free resources Totally. Um, That'd be great. So he showed a diagram that as we were watching this and he explained, here's how, here's how our mind works and here's how the universe works. And here's how if you think right and operate in thinking inside these law parameters, then you'll succeed. Simple as that. And we thought, well, that seems really simple, but it kind of summed up into one beautiful package of truth, everything we'd been learning for seven years in one visual aid. And with that one visual aid, we went home and tripled our income in three months. And it was that powerful. And I'm going to point to a full-length video on that diagram, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, where is it?
0: Go to Mm rarefaith.org. And at the very bottom of the page, there's a section called freebies. Just look for the video in the freebies. It's called The Visual Aid That Changed Everything. And so make sure you go watch that. But I'll share a few of the things that we learned also. We discovered that there are three things that need to be lined up in order for the vision for your life to be realized. Number one, our thoughts have to be in harmony with the seven laws. The seven laws are explained in detail in my book called hidden treasures heaven's astonishing help with your money matters and that is also a free resource you'll find it in the freebies down at rarefaith.org or HiddenTreasuresBook.com. you can get it for free but what those laws are i'll mention a few of them one of my favorites and the most powerful one is the law of perpetual transmutation and what that is is that all things are either coming into form or moving out of form You think of anything on this planet and it is either in a state of growth or a state of decay. Nothing is just stagnant. Even a rock on a microscopic level is eroding to some degree or expanding if it's got microbes in it or whatever. So everything is either coming into form or moving out of form. And that includes our ideas and our vision for our future, our ability to provide well for a family. For example, whatever it is you're wanting to see differently in your life, if it's I want to be able to pay the bills without stress, I want to be able to have family time uh, without the constant worry of how are we going to make the next paycheck. And so the vision that we have for how we want our life to look is a thing that is either moving into form or moving out of form. That idea is either coming or moving away from you and it comes to you. And the resources, the ideas, the people that would be a part of that, all of those things are gathering as you hold the vision of it. And when you fear that it won't happen or when you doubt, it moves out of form. And Mm so what this did for me was it helped me realize all those times that we were attending seminars that I would get a vision for what was possible. I would see myself at home with my kids. I would see us having wonderful family experiences together. I would see us... Enjoying life abundantly and having all the things that we needed. And I would get excited about that. And so I would see it and I'd feel it. And then I'd get home and I'd think, all right, this is going to happen and everything. And then evidence would show up that things were everything but that. A new bill or a late or a past due statement or a, a reduction in force letter to my husband or whatever it is, that's the evidence. And when you are faced with evidence, It throws you off the off of the thinking and you move out of law. Now, here's what I've learned is that when that happens, one of the other laws, one of the seven laws is the law of polarity. And so the law of polarity says that contained within every experience, every situation is the seed of equal or greater benefit. So every adversity has a seed of equal or greater benefit, as Napoleon Hill described. And so. What we learned is that when we have a vision for our future and we are excited about it, we feel it, things are moving into form to support that. Things are being organized in ways that we can't see. That's why it's called rare faith. It's the kind of faith that causes things to happen, and it's worthy. And as we were having hope and an expectation that the right opportunity would come along or that we would find a way to meet our needs, these things were moving into place. Okay, so boom, a piece of evidence comes in front of us that things are opposite than that, like a late notice on a bill. What we learned in that moment was how to think in that moment. And what was natural was to get stressed and frustrated and angry and upset. But by learning the laws, we learned how to think according to law in that moment and say, okay, okay. We're going to deal with this unemotionally. We'll call the creditor. Even if we don't have the money, we can call them and talk to them and and work something out, maybe set up a plan. But to address those setbacks unemotionally and believing and still holding to the vision that, you know, I think things are still coming about for us. And what we found is that in those setbacks are sometimes the very seed, the very benefit that we were looking for that helps us get to the next step. As an example, I don't know, maybe that late notice causes you to call somebody and it starts you into a conversation with somebody. And then maybe you're inspired to say something about what your work is and maybe it leads them to tell you about somebody that you should contact for a new customer. You know, you don't know what those seeds may lead to. But as we handle them unemotionally and keeping emotion only on the things that we look forward to and not around the things that make us upset, then this law of perpetual transmutation continues to be in force. So those are two of the laws of the seven laws. And it's a small shift, but it makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, totally. Can I want to ask you a question about that emotion? Because I know that emotion is a way to bring power to something that you're thinking. And that's the thing to it helps get it past the filter in your into your subconscious mind. Right. So you want to add a lot of emotion to the things that you want and like kind of diminish the emotion on the things you don't want. Right. So how do you advise people to do that the best? Because the, the things that we're really afraid of, like the negative things, they come with a ton of emotion. And when that all comes up, what are your best ways to deal with that? Like, what do you like to do with that?
0: What do I like to do with it? I never like to do anything with it. (laughs) But what I've found is that when I catch myself and I realize, oh, I am reacting to this negative experience. I'm having a lot of emotion around this. First of all, I give myself some grace and I choose to believe that, okay, whoops, all right, I got emotional on that. I'm going to choose to believe that everything we need is still being orchestrated. That is one little tweak that I discovered years after working with these principles and practicing them and testing them. But that is that just blowing it for a day isn't what kills the dream seed. Mm -hmm. What blows it is when you kill it for a day and then you say, Oh man, I killed it. (laughs) And then (laughs) it's done. (laughs) And then it's over. And so instead I have my bad day or my bad moment and I'll say, Whoa, okay. I caught myself. You know what? I know that there is a seed of equal or greater benefit in this nasty, ugly thing. There's something here for me to find. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to look for it. I'm going to go back to letting myself see what I'm I'm really trying to create. Let myself see it. Let myself experience it for a minute to to change my feeling. And knowing that, okay, there, I just what was pulling away from me is now on its way again.
1: And
0: there is so much power, more power in a positive thought I choose to believe than in a negative thought. And so it may be one step back and two steps forward and one step back and three steps forward, but but it's still forward.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So I just want to ask the people who are watching really fast if they've had a chance to try out some of these laws, if they are familiar with Leslie's work, just tell us in the chat if you've been able to try these and if you have any successes or any questions you want to share with us. Um, Leslie, while they're doing that, I'm wondering if you will tell us about some people that have used your principles or used Learned from you, and then some successes that they've had. Some other people in the world. Yeah, it's funny because there. <laughs> so
0: this first big breakthrough was back in the year 2000. It seems like an, an eternity ago now, but yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was when things really shifted for us. And I started teaching uh, the principles I trained to teach as a facilitator for that instructors programs, and they, I started writing my own books because it was hard to put on events with a family of little kids. You know, I thought, well, I'll let my books be my seminar for a while for a season. But after our breakthrough and we started doing much better and then we started investing in in things because we had more money to work with and and then we started investing in real estate at the top of the market. And so when that collapsed and fell apart, it really pulled the rug out from under us and we got to Experience and test these principles on a much uh, more intense level. Ultimately, we're able to prove them again and and say, okay, we're not crazy, they are still true. But in the middle of all of that, I remember feeling kind of frustrated that I kept getting emails from people, even through our disaster, of, oh my gosh, thank you for what you've written, because this is what's happened to me. Like some of our program participants in our Mindset Mastery program, one of them, he joined the program needing $2,000, had no idea where he was going to get it from, and he needed it by a certain date. And as he was coached through those principles, I remember getting his his experience at the end when he described it to me. He's like, every time a negative, scary thought or experience would happen, I would just do what you told me, and we got the $2,000. I know Marnie Pearson, when I met her, I had just learned these and I started teaching them to her over the internet. I met her online and she was from Georgia and uh, we started learning these together and I I was teaching her what I had learned and she had websites that were making $2,000 a month. The month after that, she made $4,000. The month after that, she made $8,000 and her home-based internet business started making six figures because of these principles. Mm -hmm. And I know like another example, and it doesn't have to be just on business or whatnot. There was a a man by the name of Ben Southall. He responded to an invitation back in 2008. There was something called the world's best job out Mm -hmm. of Australia. Um, The Great Barrier Reef Tourism Department put together Mm -hmm. this contest saying, if you win this job, if you uh, get hired for this job, you will be an island caretaker on this paradise island in the Great Barrier Reef. And your job is to take in all of the tourist attractions, snorkeling, parasailing, whatever was out there, yeah, and, nice. blog, <laughs> and blog about it for a six-figure income for six months. And so that was the world's best job. And they had 34,000 applicants, 34,000 applicants. And the man who won that job was from England. His name was Ben Southall. And I had a friend send me an email saying, did you see this? And I'm like, what is it? And she sent me a link to an interview that he did on Canadian uh, national news TV, saying that the book, The Jackrabbit Factor, which is my other book, is what got him that job. And (laughs) it's it's been amazing and thrilling. And at times where I'm struggling, because it's a it's work it no matter what your goal is, it's work to keep your head in the right place. Mm-hmm. There is no harder work in the world. But when you compare it against the struggle we put ourselves through by not living the laws, you know, we you have to weigh that out and decide which one's harder, mm-hmm. which one's harder. For and sure. so as, as we're struggling to, to do the next goal or to overcome the next challenge or whatnot, these stories that come in every week
1: are feedback to help remind me. Yeah, yeah, it still works. It's still true. And, totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. I've been wondering, what do you wish that you had known? Like all the way back when you first learned these things and you first started to use them and you first started to see results. What do you wish that you could go back and tell that person like that? Mm -hmm. Leslie in 2000,
0: that it's not even so much about how intensely you see the vision and feel the emotion. That does not have to be intense. I thought it did. And it works if it is. It works Mm -hmm. if it is. But what I've learned is that the key factor is as long as there is no doubt. Mm -hmm. So it can be a teeny, tiny, tiny little bit of faith. But as long as you don't entertain the doubt, it's enough. And that would have saved me a lot of expended energy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, sometimes, sometimes the doubt screams so loudly that you have to combat that with a lot of energy. I remember Mm -hmm. I drive down the street just screaming, "I choose to believe," because it was (laughs) it was fighting me so much. So much. Be quiet.
1: I know. Yeah. So So, what do you tell somebody who's been using these principles for years and years and years and they just really still are struggling? Like maybe they're your pre 2000 self. What do you tell that person who, who's just been struggling and they're trying their best to use the laws and they're seeing no results? What do you say to that person?
0: I've discovered also that the cure for doubt is not courage. Like we sometimes think it is, or fear is not courage. Mm -hmm. Um, two things really help with that. Number one is action, doing something like if you are wanting a better job, do something today to go find that better job because the law of perpetual transmutation is in effect as long as we're seeing it and feeling that. But another law is the law of cause and effect, which is as you put an effort out, There will be a response from the world around you back to you that you won't necessarily see, but there will be a reaction to you in your effort to step forward in that. A couple things, God cannot steer a parked car. And so as you move forward, it's going to give you that little extra piece of confidence that, oh, I'm doing something, therefore I can expect something to come back to me. We don't have to go the distance. We don't have to be an Olympian in this because the law of cause and effect also says that as you take a step forward, what you want steps towards you
1: and you only meet it in the middle. And so
0: that's one thing is I have found that
1: it's maybe not even the middle. Like, I think I go this far and then my thing comes like (laughs) it's amazing. yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's one thing is action. But the other thing is knowledge. Another cure for fear is knowledge and that as you keep feeding your mind with uh, things that help you understand how this works better, it's going to increase your confidence and increase your faith. Read Hidden Treasures book. Uh, Read The Jackrabbit Factor. That's a story. Sometimes people don't get these principles until they see how it works in a story format because then they can relate to it. And it's not just a bullet point list of things to do. So The Jackrabbit Factor is also a free download in those freebies sections. So knowledge and action will help with that. Oh, and also can I add one more thing? Do we have another second? I think about one of those combination locks that have those dials on it and all of those dials have to be in the right position before it springs open. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, each one of us are here with a combination lock kind of locked up and all of them have to be in place before our understanding and before it works for us. But we all have a different number of dials on it. Some of us came with because of the way we were raised or because of just our our genetics or whatever, that we have this innate ability to have this rare faith. Other people struggle with it like I did. And every epiphany is putting one of those dials into place. But once it's there, it's there. And then the next one into place and the next one into place and the next one into place. And then one day it's going to spring open like for us. Tripling our income in three months are like for you tripling your income. It's because you finally got it And so every epiphany you get is not wasted. It just put one into place now It's time for the next one and so don't give up until they're all in place Some of us have three that need to go into place. Some of us have five hundred Some of us maybe have a, a thousand but with
1: each one
0: We're that much closer
1: That's and a really I, good analogy I like that Thank you So, Leslie, will you tell us, do you have any events coming up? Do you have any things where they can find you if they want to do more with you besides Rare Faith? There's tons of free resources there, but where else can they find you if they're interested in learning more from you, which I highly suggest.
0: Yeah, well, I would suggest getting on my newsletter at rarefaith.org. We have a ton of events coming up. We've got Genius Bootcamp, Camp, a Science of Getting Rich Seminar.
1: So I've had a few people since um, the mom's retreat that we were at a few weeks ago ask me what Genius Bootcamp and Science of Getting Rich were and what the difference was between them. So maybe will you just tell us really fast? <laughs> really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Two words, just kidding. Uh, yeah,
0: Genius Bootcamp is based on the book, Portal to Genius, which is the sequel to the Jackrabbit Factor, and what it does is it walks the participants. It's a three-day workshop that takes them through a series of experiences where they actually practice this exercise. So the solution to every problem is only an idea away. If you let that sink in, that's what Genius Bootcamp is there to do. It helps the participants bring their problem. And they need a genius solution, something that will triple their income or something that will solve that relationship or something that will, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is because the solution to every problem is only an idea away. And that idea is already in the room like a radio broadcast. And so in that class, we turn on your radio and dial you in to where that answer, that epiphany, that genius idea comes to you directly. And it's, The cool thing about that class is that it can be a totally internal experience for you. You don't have to share anything, but those answers will come to you directly through this process. The Science of Getting Rich, on the other hand, is a study of a book that was written over 100 years ago by Wallace D. Waddles, that explains how the world around you is responding to you as you think differently. It's a real in-depth look at that law of perpetual transmutation.
1: Awesome. Okay. So tell them if they're like, yes, I believe that my thoughts can definitely affect the results I get in my life. Tell them what is one practical thing that they could do today, like right now after this class, they could hang up. What could they do right now to create new results in their life?
0: I would say, decide what you want. Decide, make a decision. What are you going to create in your life? And the more impossible it seems the more fun this experiment will be and so decide decide what that looks like. Put it in writing because I tell people if you put it in writing that really forces you to get clear. If you put out vague intentions, you'll get vague results and you won't be certain that what you did had anything to do with your thoughts. Uh But if you get very specific and very certain and write it down and then take a minute to imagine how that's going to feel when it's done that's what I would have you do today because that sends a pulse out into the world that starts things in motion. Now from there, go read some of these things that help you know what to do next.
1: So before you even read, think of some things that you want, then write it down and then spend some time picturing that and adding emotion to it. That's what you said, right? That is what I said okay and then go read and that will add to your belief but before you even read because I know a lot of people get stuck in research mode and they never end up actually creating anything because they there's more and more to read all the time so before you read go do these things and then they'll help you figure out more Leslie do you have any last inspiration for us before we go
0: Just if you have a hard time deciding what you want, and and this is why we put together our Mindset Mastery Program, is sometimes people are afraid to dream big. They're afraid to be disappointed again. And so if you need some hand-holding, having that very first experience to increase your belief, look into the Mindset Mastery Program. You'll learn about that at rarefaith.org also. But that first half of the program is helping you experiment with this on something insignificant. Because once you see it work, it increases your belief. And then you can go write down, oh, if I can do it with that, then what can I do with my life?
1: I love that part of the course. (laughs) It was
0: awesome. And then you can take what you learned in phase one and apply it to something in your life in phase two and see some big results.
1: Awesome. So Marcy really fast asked, what if we have terror barrier issues? Obviously, she's familiar with your work. What if we have terror barrier issues and are paralyzed with the next step or don't know the next step? I think the mastery course and genius Bootcamp would be useful for that. But go ahead. Uh, like what? How much time do we have? <laughs> well, we're already five minutes over. But <laughs> I know. I know.
0: I would just say if you can get to boot camp, get to boot camp bootcamp especially is, is a focus on that terror barrier piece. Mm. That's where the terror barrier is really picked apart and worked through. Terror barrier is huge. It's huge. It and is it's huge. rough. And it's honestly, so rough. <laughs> anytime you are trying to make a significant change in your life, you will face it, mm-hmm. but you get to where you feel it. And you're like, wait a minute. Now I know what this is. That video, the visual aid that changed everything video will help you know what the terror barrier is And see it for what it is so that instead of attaching a negative meaning to it, like, oh, here it is, this is the terror barrier, you can say, oh, (laughs) here's the terror barrier, I know what this is, I am this close, because it only happens once I've successfully turned that, that vision over to the subconscious, and so I know that I'm in the right place to receive what's next.
1: That's awesome. So Marcy also asked if she, what if she desperately wants to, but doesn't have the funds available. And I would, my two cents is that you need to create a picture in your mind of having the funds because I've had people want to come to my seminars. They wanted to mentor with me and they didn't have money. I told them to put it on their vision board or write a statement about it or something. And it came, sometimes it came like to the cent, like the exact amount came.
0: You can use this idea. Just see yourself there. See yourself Mm -hmm. coming home from it. What are you going to tell your husband? Oh, my gosh, Genius Bootcamp was amazing. Can you see yourself having that conversation? You don't even have to know what's going to go on there. But can you see yourself coming home from it or see yourself sitting in the chair there and thinking, my word, I can't believe how it happened. But look, here I am. And live that. Live that. And apply what what you already know just to get the money to get there. I see people do that all the time. So many, so many things I want to share. I, can, I, I can talk for 10 years
1: and never be done. I know. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I have to ask you one last question. <laughs> I have noticed that as I've been doing this now for 10 years, I am getting a little more choosy about the goals that I want to do this with because I have found that sometimes I get what I want and I actually realize, oh, I did not want that. Right. And because um, there's, you know, like there's things that come along with everything, you know? Anyway, I've also learned that I am starting to feel like I don't just want to have goals that are my own. I really want to be like totally synced with God and his ideas for me are always a hundred times better than mine. Right. So I'm just curious, selfishly, how you, if you have gotten to that place and what you do about that.
0: Yeah. Like you said, I've found that these principles work even for stupid goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was dumb. Shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Why did I do that? That's why I call it rare faith now. um, Instead of the law of attraction, a lot of people call it that because to me, with rare faith comes a responsibility to use it wisely and to check in on what would be for the highest, best use and and good of me and those around me and partnering with God. And it's kind of like the difference between procreation and co-creation just because you can, doesn't mean you always should.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. That's pretty
0: true. (laughs) And so there've been times too, when I see a need and I'll check in and I'll say, I could apply these principles and do something about this. And I feel cautioned not to, that this is something for someone else to work through, or this is not yours to solve. And so What I do now to try to be careful on that is I take a lot more time pondering and trying on ideas on not just what do I want, but I look at the visions that I have for my future or for what I want for my kids, for example, or what I want for me, my spouse. And sometimes, sometimes they feel given to me like, here's what you should want next And if I get that, then I know I've got this partnership with God that he wants this, you know, which helps me in those moments of doubt. I'm like, well, it's something he wanted, so therefore I should just get on board. (laughs) And I know that God's probably pretty good at achieving goals. And so to have that partnership can be really powerful. But when I'm in a situation that's uncomfortable or I don't like it and I just want it fixed and I want to change it, I try to go to gratitude for that challenge not just because of the law of polarity, that there is something good in it for me, if for no other reason that it helps me know a good day when I when I have one. But I let myself feel it all. I let myself feel the discouragement, the frustration. But as quickly as I can remember, I go to gratitude and I'll say, thank you for this challenge. I don't know why it's good for me, but thank you for it because I know it, it must be. And just living my life and my days with an intention of what would you have me do? Because I think our thoughts are steered based on our intentions, and so yeah, you can you can have anything you want, but you might not want everything you want.
1: That's true. On the other side. <laughs>
0: That's
1: true. Oh, Leslie. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate everybody for coming. We love you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for working on yourself and trying to work on your mind, and thank you for leading your family in this way. We honor you and respect you for choosing into this. And Leslie, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. A few things people are taking away from this is that they choose to believe, don't entertain doubt. I'm just reminded about God and my intention to just be living according to what he needs me to do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie. Bye, oh, bye.
0: This concludes today's episode of the Rare Faith Podcast. You've been listening to Leslie Householder, author of The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius, and Hidden Treasures, Heaven's Astonishing Help with Your Money Matters. All three books can be downloaded free at com. So tell your friends and join Leslie again next time as she goes even deeper into the principles that will help you change your life.